Welcome to Analyst Talk with Jason Elder. It's like coffee with an analyst, or it could be whiskey with an analyst reading a spreadsheet, linking crime events, identifying a series, and getting the latest scoop on association news and training. So please don't beat that analyst and join us as we define the law enforcement analysis profession one episode at a time. Thank you for joining me. I hope many aspects of your life are progressing. My name is Jason Elder, and today we are interviewing the candidates for the 2023 IACA Vice President of Administration. There are three candidates. We are going to interview all three candidates and publish all three interviews at once. So please listen to all three and vote. With me right now is Jonathan Softly. Jonathan, how are we doing? I'm doing great, Jason. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right. So let's just start with a quick bio for our listeners, where you're from, what your current job title is, any committees or associations that you're a part of? Sure. Well, to make it short and sweet, I'm originally from North Carolina. I moved to Austin, Texas to work for the Austin Police Department back in 2005. In 2010, I went over to the Dallas Independent School District's Police Department. And in 2021, I moved to my current agency, the City of North Richland Hills Police Department, where I'm currently the crime management analyst for them. And I love it there. And I promise they did not pay me to say that, even though they do send me a check every couple of weeks. I'm also the vice president of administration for TexLean, which is the Texas Law Enforcement Analyst Network, uh, in that I'm in charge of all of our administrative duties. Uh, I run our elections, except for when my position is up for election, and then that's somebody else's job at that point, so that there's a clear division of duties right there, so that it's not a conflict. I am also part of the conference committee for the past uh, conference that we just had last week, which was a lot of fun to work on, a lot of really great people that I got to work with, and I even got to get to know one of my uh, competitors a lot better on that. And with IACA, I'm also an IACA mentor. Nice. And so the conference last week was the IACA conference, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, Over in Grapevine, Texas. All right. Just wanted to make sure that people weren't confused that there was a TextLink conference last week. It was the IACA conference. and, and Co-hosted was, by TextLink. Yes, it was quite an event. It was great to see all that was accomplished during that week. All right. So why do you want to be the next IACA VP of administration? Well, Jason and all of your listeners, I'd like to be the next IACA vice president of administration because I want to help our members get more of an ownership into the IACA. And when I say members, I mean all of our members, not just our domestic members, not just our Canadian members, but all of our members, our international members all around the world. I want them all to feel like they have more of an ownership, more of a part in IACA. I'd like to work with the board and all of our committees to find more ways for people to be able to volunteer so that they feel that the IACA is not just something that they're part of on paper, but it's something that they're part of in their day-to-day lives. I'm also, like I said a little bit ago, the vice president of administration for TechSoul. So I have a good understanding how that works on the state level. And moving up into the IACA from Texas is just the natural progression for me. 
because I have like a zeal for crime analysis and I want to take all the knowledge, all the experience that I have and represent all of our members and have their voices heard in the IACA so that we can make this an even better field than it already is. If you were voted to be the next VP of admin for the IACA, what would you want your first project to be or what do you hope to accomplish? So Jason, I want to become the next vice president administration because I'm already the vice president administration for Texling and I'm on my final year of service with Texas. And it has been a really wonderful and uplifting experience to represent the analysts of Texas. And I want to step up and move to the ISCA so that I can represent the analysts of the world, not just our domestic members, not just our Canadian members, but the members all around the globe. I want to represent everyone that is part of the ISCA, regardless where they're at, what their race, religion, or ethnicity is. I want to be that person that they can come talk to and provide their input and ideas and take that to the board and try to make this an even better organization. I spoke with Rachel Carson and Aaron Wickersham last week and let them know about a delegation from Mexico that I had talked to when I was handing out swag bags. And they were really interested in just how regional organizations work. And so I referred them over to Aaron and I spoke to Aaron and she was like, well, that's kind of Rachel's wheelhouse. So I was like, oh, well, let's all go talk to Rachel. And so I saw Rachel at one point and I tossed that out and I found out there's a, a Mexican group already in the process of being put together, but nobody knew about it. So that's kind of exciting for those Mexican delegates because they're going to be able to have their own organization whenever that's finalized and put together, but they didn't know about it. So I want to make sure that we also have some transparency. That's also one of the things I want to do, being the vice president of administration. Sometimes decisions are made where there's just not a lot of transparency on why that decision was made. And so that's it. And let's talk about membership dues. They're currently $25 a year, and they've actually haven't ever increased since the beginning when the, the association was formed in 1990. So given inflation, the cost could be increased to something like $60 a year. Do you think the membership dues should increase? Why or why not? So I stayed for the board meeting last uh, week, as most of us should have, but a lot of people have to travel, and that's fine because they put the information out on the website so that you can see it. But the, the current board said that they had discussed membership dues and increasing them and had decided against it. And it's kind of a double-edged sword right there because the racks pay a certain amount of the dues that they bring in from each member to the IACA for membership of their members in the regional associations into IACA. And so if we raise that, then those regional dues are going to increase as well, which could end up harming the regional associations, and they may have to raise their membership fees. But at the same time, I know that Sometimes fees have to be increased, and it's something that should be discussed amongst the membership. In TexLean, we raised our fees from $25 to $50 a year, and it was not an easy decision to make. We actually had proposed a much smaller increase, 
but we had asked our members to give us input. And then when we had our annual meeting last year at the end of our conference, it was one of the items that was hotly debated. And our members asked us, well, why are we stopping at this number? If we might move up to this number instead over the next five to 10 years, why don't we just move it to that now? And that way we've built in that growth. And so we followed the parliamentary rules and we had a vote on it and the members said, this is what we wanted. So they, the members said to double our fees. So we then took that in our elections and we put it out there and we had all of our members uh, that voted, obviously, go vote on the increase. And the majority of the membership voted to increase our dues. And because of that, we're able to now look into possibly providing some sort of partial scholarship to send someone to IACA in this next year. And so that's really exciting for TechSwing. We're still talking about it and trying to figure out how it's going to work. But because of that, we're able to cover our operating costs. And it's also allowing us to do something that we can give back to our members. And that's something that I appreciate about the IUCA, where they do have those scholarships to give back to their members to help them go to the conference each year. So if it happens, it needs to be up to the members to vote on. Right. Just a follow up to that. So was the increase originally suggested because of a scholarship wanting to be created or what was the reason for the initial increase so the initial increase was only going to be about ten dollars more we had looked at doing it to 35 and we also looked at 45 and then 50 and it was just to help cover administrative costs because as your membership grows in an organization the administrative costs to handling that grows as well. And so we had to get a new membership platform that would let us handle all that and track it and work on our billing and all that. And we did a lot of research and we chose the one that was best priced with the best items that we could have. It allows us to have a, a website connected to it. It allows us to post our trainings allows people to register for trainings and our conferences. We can send information out of, about events on it. And so that extra money has helped pay for that and cover those costs, as well as give us some extra money that's just out there for us to help grow the organization as a whole. And one of the things that we did promise was we would promise that we would look into providing some sort of scholarship whether it's a full scholarship or just partial scholarship, something to help our members. Okay. Ethics question now. So based on the IACA bylaws, the ethics committee investigates uh, complaints. And as they uh, work through the, that process, if cases are substantiated, they then bring it to the, the IACA board and the IACA board makes the final determination on sanctions. Uh, the ethics committee does make recommendations on sanctions, but the board makes the final decision. And the idea is not to name and shame the, the person in question. So there's not a lot that's disclosed in terms of ethics violations. So given the fact that the 
the way it's set up, the executive board is the one making the final decision. It's not a lot of details made made available to the members. Just to add to this, the board could reduce the recommended sanctions that the ethics committee makes without really any explanation as to why they did do so. So I'm just wanting to get your feeling on should the IACA ethics process be updated to be more transparent? Well, Jason, I'm always for more transparency in any organization, but this one's also kind of a little bit of a tricky situation. Like now, if there's minor complaints that are not sustained, I don't think that we need to be putting that information out I don't think we need to say, well, Jason Elder was accused of taking five extra pens from the table and that was complained on. And the ethics committee is like, well, maybe we should sanction him and just say he's not allowed to take pens from the table. And the board comes back and says, "Uh, this is kind of a a silly thing. He took pens from a table that are free. Why are we putting an ethics complaint on that? Like, and they're like, no, we're just, we're not sustaining that. I don't think that that should go out there. But now if somebody has done something that's like really egregious, especially if it's a crime, like, yes, maybe just put like the initials out and say like J.E. suspended for one year and then they could categorize it however they want to. So maybe like J.E. was caught stealing something from a store and yeah, that's that's not good for anybody to do. And they suspend him because maybe it was an accident that it happened, but it still happened. Or maybe he skip scanned something and was called and got a citation for it. Yeah, I could see suspending him and just maybe categorizing things in certain ways. And that would just have to be a discussion amongst the board. Changing the ethics committee's like way of working would also be something that I would probably want input from the general membership for. So it, yes and no, because if it's something small and they, it's just like a slap on the wrist, I don't think so. But if it's something that's really egregious and people need to know about it, or there's just absolutely no way that it is not a secret that that member has gotten in trouble for something and everybody knows, and it's like the talk of the town, uh, it probably would do more harm not to mention it than to like to mention it at that point. Does that, does that make sense to you? Yeah, it, it does. If we're, we're talking about a slap on the wrist, like you mentioned, if the sanctions are three, six, nine months, that is giving the person an opportunity to redeem him or herself. And it, it certainly makes sense that the, if the sanctions are a year or more, I think that that would be sanctions that of that length be held to the most serious violations. And so is there a point to where in, instead of protecting the person made the violation that you're protecting the association and the membership by letting them know what happened. It seems to me that that threshold of a year or more might, the idea would be to, to report out the full story if, if that level of punishment is going to be made. What do you think about that? I think it's definitely something worth looking into. 
But I don't know about you, but if I know a member and they're suddenly suspended from the IOCA for a year or more, they're probably going to tell me exactly what happened. And that's where that gossip's going to get around. So, yeah, at, at that point, put put it out there and just say, hey, this is not to shame the person. But we know there's a lot of people talking about this here. This is what happened. This is why this decision was made. And this is the outcome of it. Like, I, I, I can see that being something that's reasonable, not like as like a damage control type situation, but just as a, hey, let's let's stop the rumors. This is what's going on. All right. And the executive board members, the idea for them, they expected to work about 10 hours a week. Many board members have kind of laughed at that notion because they do work normally more than 10 hours a week. And given the fact that the ICA is now up to 6,000 members, one idea to help out would be to expand the number of board members. Just to put this in comparison, IALEA, that has, I think, around 4,000 members, has 11 members on its board, and the IACA has five. So what are your thoughts on expanding the IACA? executive board well i think we have all worked in a department at some point where we have seen the dangers of being too top heavy that being said if the board was expanded it would need to stay an odd number of people that way you can avoid having tie situations where you have to then just start arguing or deciding who is going to have more of a say than someone else to break that tie. Now, that's something that I think should be up to the members. I think it's an item that they should vote on and it should be discussed. And if the members are for adding more board members, then 100%, let's vote on it. Let's make it happen and move forward with it. If they're not, another idea could be to like find people who could be assistance to board members and there's some air quotes right there <laughs> like i know that they're looking at hiring like one executive administrator uh as a possible thing to do which i have no problem with that it, it makes a lot of sense to have something like that someone who's purely dedicated and works just for the organization there's several other organizations that already have things like that in the world so it's not like it's a new and novel idea. It's something that is just common sense kind of at this point, especially with their membership going over 6,000 people. The board made some really good comments at the business meeting talking about how they can get hundreds of emails in just one day. So it'd be great to have someone to help them with that. But back to what I was saying about assistance, we could look at finding people, maybe it's like an executive committee where each board member has one person on kind of like that committee or just someone who is working alongside that board member to help them out with just like the general day-to-day -day administrative duties that could be handled by an assistant while leaving the executive level items up to the board to free them up for that. Uh, that's something also I think that the the membership should talk about and should vote on. I don't think it should just happen just because the bylaws say we can make 
a new committee for something if we need to. I think it's important enough that the membership needs to have their voices heard in that. So yes, uh, I'm open to expanding the board in one way or another. How would you make IACA more international? Put more of the I in the IACA. Well, Jason, I know you and a lot of people at the conference last week heard me talking about how I wanted to make sure that our international members had more of a feeling of ownership in the IACA. So I would work side by side with Rachel, our VP of membership, because she's also over the international committee. I would work with her. I'd work with Aaron Wicksham over the RAC committee and then figure out what can we do to help these groups in other countries come together into cohesive units where they have some sort of organization. I also talked with the president and vice president of the European Association of Crime Analysts last week and let them know that if I was elected, I would be looking forward to working with them and finding more ways to to bring that international into the IACA. I get that North America contains the broad majority of the analysts in the IACA, but without the international part, we can't really be IACA. And I love our friends to the north up in Canada, but there's more international members than just in Canada. And sometimes I think that in North America, we forget about that. And that's something that I would really like to help spearhead and work with Rachel's existing agenda to increase. And that in, that includes international symposiums in different places around the world. I know that there's a lot that has to be done for those and that the board spoke at the previous meeting last week that they have sent that out and it's just that people aren't really responding to it. They don't realize how much work goes into putting on a symposium or a conference. And so I'd like to help by like not like holding their hands, but like working with them to explain how they can find resources within their own countries or geographic areas to put one of those together and kind of help them not be as afraid of all the work that goes behind it. Because in the end, you have something that's very rewarding for the members that are able to show up to that. So you did a good job there of allowing me to introduce this next question, because you already just mentioned the European Association of Crime Analysts. But there are other analytical groups. There's an ILEA, there's ACIA over in UK. So what kind of collaboration do you want to see with these other groups? Well, I would love to see a lot of collaboration with these other groups. Intelligence analysis and crime analysis, while different, they all come from the same basic concepts and fundamentals. And I don't see any reason why we shouldn't be collaborating together. I know that in Texas, with Texling, we are in talks with ILEA's Lone Star chapter about ways that we can collaborate together and we can do trainings together, maybe even a conference together. And it's for the benefit of everyone. 
Same with the European Association of Crime Analysts, and you said the UK one as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I see no reason why we shouldn't have some sort of partnership with them, even if it's an informal partnership that's loosely there, where it just allows us to easier, like, have easier ways to share resources and information together. Because we all have the same goal in the end, and that is to solve or prevent crimes. And I hate to seem cliche, but why can't we all just get along? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that, that's just kind of what it comes down to. Why can't we just all get along? Like, if there's any outstanding beef between groups, we're all adults. We can sit down and talk about it and see what we can do. And especially if the people who started those beefs aren't even around anymore, then (laughs) there's no reason to just continue not wanting to work together. So I would love to see more collaboration with these other groups. I would even be for like a joint ICA ILEA conference at some point. I think that there's a lot that would be like available for members on both sides because there's a lot of members who belong to both groups already. So Mm -hmm. yeah, let's just hug it out. All right. What would winning this IACA vice president of administration election mean to you? It would mean a lot to me, actually. It would be a way that I can give back to an organization and a field on a broader spectrum than I already am being the Texas Vice President Administration. It would give me a chance to be the voice to our members and make sure that they feel that they're heard, that their ideas are known and shared. And I would love to be the person who comes in and everybody is like, oh my God, that's John, he's pretty awesome. I can just walk up to him and I feel involved. I feel like this is my organization and he's here for me. And I think that would help me make the board more approachable because our board is full of lovely, lovely ladies that I have gotten to know even better than I've ever known them before over this past week. And they all work really hard for this organization. And I want to make sure that everybody knows how hard they work, but also feels that they can just go up to them and say hi. And Jason, I think you know me pretty well. I I will say hi to pretty much everybody. (laughs) But sometimes I'm also kind of like, oh, I just want to stand back here on the wall and disappear like we all feel sometimes. But so for our members who say hi to everyone, say hi to me. For our members who just want to stand up against the wall, know that you can come up and talk to me or email me, or if you have my phone number, you can call me because that's what I want to do. I want to be here for you. And winning this election would mean that I can be that person that is the voice of the people. And then, you know, I like to give my guests the last word, so... I'm going to leave the last word up to you. If you got a campaign slogan, you certainly let us know, but I'll leave the, the floor is yours, John. So while I would love for all of our members to vote for me, that would be great because I want to represent you. Regardless who you vote for, please vote. 
because we have an abysmal record of voting in this organization and this country and even in textually and it's not that great like vote it is your right it is your duty please just go out there choose a candidate look at all of our information it's all available on the IHCA website watch our videos I know I made a video and I know Annie made a video. I'm not sure if the third candidate has made a video or not yet, but they're out there along with their statements and reach out to us on the forums, find our emails through the member lists, or if you happen to live near one of us or work with one of us, come up to us and talk to us. I mean, we all want to do the same thing represent you and make this be a better organization. Well, John, I appreciate you taking the time today. Good luck in the election and you be safe. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate that. You have a great one. Thank you for making it to the end of another episode of Analyst Talk with Jason Elder. You can show your support by sharing this and other episodes found on our website at www.leapodcasts.com. If you have a topic you would like us to cover or have a suggestion for our next guest, please send us an email at leapodcasts at gmail.com. Till next time, analysts, keep talking.